0: Welcome to the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. Since 1937, MUCC has been committed to conserve, protect, and enhance Michigan's natural resources and outdoor heritage. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome to another edition of Michigan Out of Doors podcast, a presentation the good folks from MUCC, you know those people. Michigan United Conservation Clubs, in my opinion, Michigan's premier uh, organization looking out for the hunters and anglers of Michigan, uh, working on wildlife issues, conservation issues, habitat issues, and this time around, it's habitat that we want to talk about. Michaelo LeBute is the habitat volunteer coordinator for MUCC, and she's with me now. Michaela, welcome. How are you?
1: Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well.
0: Tell me a little bit about your position. What is it that you do at MUCC? It's kind of self-explanatory, but help me out.
1: Yes, so I run MUCC's On the Ground Wildlife Habitat Improvement Program, We've been around since 2013 doing habitat improvement projects across the state of Michigan on public land. So it's my job to coordinate with the Michigan DNR and other conservation organizations to get those projects um, organized, ready to go, and to get volunteers out to volunteer with us.
0: OTG has really proven to be a a popular and very successful venture, hasn't it?
1: Yes, it's really grown since 2013. We've done, we're at 162 projects and counting, uh, more than 3,200 volunteers, and we just recently surpassed more than 15,000 volunteer hours for wildlife habitat. Wow.
0: How is it determined what projects you guys will work on?
1: So our main goal is to assist the Michigan DNR in achieving their habitat management goals on public land across Michigan. So we work very closely with them. So not only can we Introduce people to new public land um, that maybe just got acquired, like Crystal Waters down in the southeast. But we can also um, go to some longstanding state game areas or state forests and help them keep achieving their species management for white-tailed deer, wild turkey, bear, you name it. So we work very closely with the Michigan DNR and other conservation partners for those goals.
0: Which which could lead to the question of, okay, if the DNR is coming up with these projects, why don't they just do them themselves?
1: Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's been a question we get asked quite a bit. Um, and some people are, are wondering, you know, why volunteer if they have wildlife division staff who can take care of that. But I don't think it's a secret that, you know, the DNR, they have 4.6 million acres of state-owned land to manage and you know uh, not quite enough staff to get it all done every year you know you got to prioritize different areas and a lot of volunteers see a really big value in coming out and seeing exactly how their hunting license dollars are being put to use so they get to take part in the wildlife habitat improvement projects that their hunting fees paid for which is incredible and plus you get to scope out some really great hunting areas as well (laughs) while you're
0: out. It's a way to get involved and just help out the process and help out the environment. It's a win-win all the way around, it seems to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk a lot about hunters and anglers and trappers who might come out to any of our events, you know, and they are a majority of our volunteer base. But more and more, we're seeing a growing camaraderie in the volunteer world between hunters, anglers, trappers, and also your birders, your kayakers, your hikers. And you know what? One thing everyone can agree on is habitat. And OTG is a great middle ground for not only benefiting game species, but often entire ecosystems as well.
0: I am very glad to hear that in some ways on the ground is bridging this gap, this divide among the different outdoor enthusiasts. Good for you.
1: Yeah. Yep. Everyone usually talks about the differences between the user, the user groups, but we have a lot more in common than we think. And it becomes very clear when we're out working hard together for wildlife, you know, that we have a lot in common. So.
0: So how specifically does the program work? You've got DNR comes up with a a list of things they want to get involved in. You guys at MUCC and on the ground, are you expecting people to go out and and, and work on a backhoe or grab a chainsaw or what are they going to do?
1: Yeah, so the great thing about the program is that there's it's always diverse, all of our projects. So volunteers can kind of hone their attendance to the projects that interest them. We do often use chainsaws when we do habitat uh, or small game brush piles. <laughs> so we're bucking and limbing trees that are down, uh, down by the DNR. So that's one uh, where we often use chainsaws. But nine times out of ten... It's tree plantings, it's wood duck nest box building, placement and cleaning, um, prairie restoration, uh, grasslands of any kind restoration, invasive species removals you name it. And more often than not, MUCC and the DNR provide all of the shovels, work gloves, uh, loppers, you name it, that you might need. So. Often it's just showing up and, and working hard and then getting a lunch and, and building that camaraderie with fellow conservationists.
0: I'm so glad that you worked the word rabbitat into the conversation. I love that.
1: <laughs> yes, it's, it's one of the best kind of projects we get to do, and volunteers always love the, the word mash when I introduce the <laughs> project uh, every year. We try and do two or three, and they just love it. So.
0: And you mentioned a free lunch, even better.
1: Yeah, you know what? When you're working that hard, you deserve a free lunch and MECC does provide that to all volunteers. And more than a lunch, you get a t-shirt or we recently got new coffee mugs to give volunteer volunteers instead. We've been doing t-shirts since 2013, so... I figured I'd change it up a bit, and we switched to coffee mugs this coming year.
0: This is the Michigan Out of Doors Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about MUCC, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, check out the website, MUCC.org. That's MUCC.org. This time around, we're talking with Michaela Labute. She's the Habitat Volunteer Coordinator for MUCC, and she is in charge of on the ground the otG projects that you hear so much about and Michaela, I think you guys have done a wonderful job in promoting otG and getting the word out.
1: Thank you yes, it's been one of uh, a very successful year despite covid nineteen limitations early on we see we continue to see more and more volunteers who have just recently heard about us coming out and getting involved and so it's great to see the program reaching new people new communities and And folks who are just looking to get outside after a long year indoors.
0: Well, and as you say, it certainly has been a challenging time, yet you were able to do quite a few projects.
1: Yes. So usually a year for us looks at about 20 to 25 projects. We were able to knock down 11 projects in 2021. Which was much better than 2020. So we were moving up. We had a slow start. We didn't get to do our uh, our spring season tree plantings like we usually do. And we had to cut back on on-the-ground junior, uh, which usually brings out probably 10 to 12 school groups across Michigan on their public lands. But we're hoping to rejuvenate that program next year a bit as well. So, but yeah, 11 projects um, everywhere from the Upper Peninsula to the southeast. So we're very proud of our reach despite the limitations this year.
0: OTG Junior. I'm not sure I know about that. Tell me more, please.
1: Yes. So On the Ground Junior is basically a smaller version of On the Ground that's targeted towards uh, school groups. So it could be a science class or a conservation club. In a in a school district, and what we do is we connect. We try and align the project with the teachers' curriculum. So we'll bring uh, students out for a field trip-like day to a state game area um, or state forest near them. We'll pay for busing and every in lunch for all students, and the first half of the day is spent learning about the landscape they're on and the habitat management that's occurring there and then taking part in a habitat improvement project like invasive species removal. We often do tree planting. And then the the second half of the day following lunch is targeted towards archery or fishing or other skills um, that students can take part in that's fun and enjoyable and a great way to wrap up the day.
0: Oh, I really like this concept. It's an educational experience. You end up getting some work out of them and then you let them have some fun in the outdoors, the best of all worlds.
1: Exactly. And they get to learn about public land that might have been right down the road from them that they may not have had a chance to explore otherwise.
0: OTG on the ground is is there an OTW is there a water side of this all or do you through OTG also do uh habitat improvement in in marshlands and, and waterways and such
1: yes so we did have an OTW program in uh 2019 and 2020 and that was funded through the Consumers Energy Foundation Unfortunately, that funding did not get renewed when COVID 19 came around and they redirected their funds um, to COVID uh, issues there. Sure, sure. But um, On the Ground was running the river cleanup before OTW, and we plan on continuing our long standing river cleanup events with Metro West Steelheaders. Steelhead Manifesto, um, and other conservation organizations as well. So it's not the bulk of OTG. We don't do as many as OTW was targeted for, um, but we do plan to do two to four river cleanups every year from this point on.
0: Of the 11 uh, OTG projects in this past year, what are some of the highlights?
1: Yes, so we've had a, a really great season. The best thing I'd like to highlight was some of the new partnerships we were able to create one of which was with the Nature Conservancy. Um, Not too many people would envision the Nature Conservancy and Michigan United Conservation Club's partnering. So it was absolutely fantastic. They were a great group. We were at Petersburg State Game Area, which is home to the Rare Oak Openings region. So we partnered with them to um, plant some native uh, blazing star wildflowers, and we had all kinds of hunters come out, naturalists come out. And while um, we targeted this blazing star species for a state imperiled moth called the blazing star borer moth. But everyone knows that when you improve habitat for native insects and other you know pollinator species, usually the whole ecosystem thrives in response. So it's also fantastic habitat for wild turkey, uh, squirrel, white-tailed deer, you name it. So it was just absolutely fantastic. We had a great group out and a fantastic partnership forged. And we're actually returning to Petersburg with uh, the Nature Conservancy again this October, on October 9th of this year. And we will be planting even more Blazing Star and some of those rare oak openings there. Yeah, and then another... Partnership we were particularly excited about this year was with the Pierce Cedar Creek Institute, and they are uh, a fantastic uh, educational research center, nature uh, nature preserve down in Hastings in berry County, and you know they've got I think they're getting near nine thousand acres there, and it's just such a beautiful landscape. Um, and we actually got to partner with them to begin the process of a prairie restoration effort on part of their property. It was a five-acre plot of fields that used to be used for agriculture. And we did the first phase of restoration to return it to a short grass prairie. And so we uh, had 15 volunteers come out, use loppers and hand saws to remove woody vegetation like autumn olive and multiflora rose and then we treated those with herbicide to prevent any regeneration. But they have a fantastic partnership going, and they just received a grant from the DNR and the National Wild Turkey Federation to um, you know, run some prescribed burns through the area, herbicide the area again, and then plant those native grasses and um, wildflowers that will fully restore the area in the next couple of years.
0: Wow. Well, and And also I think it's neat that, You're reaching out into all corners of the state. You're not concentrating on just one specific geographic area.
1: Correct. Yes. So we like to pride ourselves on on going to all corners of the state that we can fit in a year. Oftentimes, you'll still see a majority of our projects kind of following the I-75 or 127 corridor north. Um, where we can just to, you know, improve accessibility for everybody. But more and more recently, we've been able to look at where these 160-plus projects have been and say, okay, here's a corner of the state where we really need to focus because we've got a pretty good gap here. And in the future, that'll be the southeast, uh, the southwest, uh, lower peninsula, and then looking at the eastern upper peninsula and the northeastern lower peninsula so those are areas you'll probably see us target more in the near future just because we'd like to fill in those gaps on the map and connect to more people in those regions
0: as i hear you talk about this you've got your hands full i mean you've got a lot of different people involved different projects geographic areas a lot to
1: keep track of yes very much it's definitely uh Lots to focus on, multiple priorities all at once, um, and then you. we usually build our calendar in the slower winter months, and then we get rolling usually in February, and we go strong until uh, September or October of that year. So,
0: So what do you have lined up? What's coming up now that people could be a part of?
1: Yes, yeah, so we have three more events lined up for this season before we wrap up, before winter and those all these events are in october the first one is october 2nd that's saturday and that is another partnership i'm very excited about with the national wild turkey federation we will be planting 100 mature fruit bearing trees on public lands north of grayling near frederick so in the state forest there and we're still waiting for exact location coordinates for that event but We've got 100 trees that we need to get in the ground. And if you're interested, well, it's right by Gaylord, um, between Gaylord and Grayling there. So it's a really great location. And um, the next one would be October 9th. Like I mentioned, we will be back at Petersburg with the Nature Conservancy. We'll be planting native Blazing Star plants. And that will be to benefit not only that state-imperiled moth I mentioned, but wild turkey, squirrel, White-tailed deer you name it and plus it's a really unique property down there the oak openings region um, is incredibly special uh, across the world because it's so incredibly rare now and we're very lucky to have pockets of it still remaining on public land in michigan and then finally on october 16th we will be in Calcasca. we'll only be planting 50 trees at that event we'll be in the Pierre marquette state forest um, but they're mature trees. It should be a great day, beautiful time of year to be up north, um, and we could use some assistant, assistance with that project as well if you're interested in volunteering. It should be just west of Grayling, that project near calcasca
0: When you talk about planting mature fruit-bearing trees, that's not an easy task. What size are these things?
1: Yeah, so they range in size, but some but probably between three to five Three to six feet, usually uh, in big, um, big five-gallon uh, planters. So, but what we like to do is we always like to have the site as prepped as we can for all volunteers. So, it's not uncommon for us to have those holes augered for volunteers, uh. so they're not digging <laughs> for hours. <laughs> yep. Which has been a game changer for tree plantings, absolutely.
0: I gotcha.
1: And uh, it's we'll have the fencing laid out and the trees next to the hole, and then it's just a matter of moving between maybe field locations um, and hiking through some of the different landscapes to access all the trees because it's not often that they're, you know, in a perfect row or in one opening. So.
0: Mm-hmm. You also mentioned the oak. Um, Oak openings, or what is this? I haven't heard this term before. You mentioned it right now.
1: Yes, the oak openings region is a. Fan, it's they actually call it the green ribbon. So, and it's a big priority for the Nature Conservancy. Often, it's the biggest portions that remain are in Ohio, and they kind of curve up around Toledo into Petersburg and around uh, in the suburbs of Detroit, and they kind of curve north into Michigan there. And it's um, just these very rare oak ecosystems um, adapted to fire, uh, different prairie types, and you'll see some very rare species there: Carnar blue butterflies, um, blazing star borer moss, a lot of the species that people search for um, and are on the state imperiled or endangered list. Uh, And so they're just incredibly specific adapted ecosystems to fire um, as you'd expect for oaks and and a lot of prairies. Um, And then similar landscapes are kind of scattered throughout the Southwest on the Allegan state game area and in Barry County and other regions of the Southwest. But the Oak opening region usually specifically refers to that Southeast portion of lower Michigan, and then into Ohio as well.
0: Well, thank you for making me aware of that. I didn't know anything about that. If somebody wants to yes. be a part of this, what's the process? How do we go about it? How do we sign up? How do we volunteer?
1: If you would like to volunteer with MUCC you, or on the ground program, you can go to MUCC.org forward slash on hyphen the hyphen ground and that will take you to Uh, The central page for OTG, that'll have a list of previous projects, a map of where we've been and what we did at each location, photographs, and then, of course, all the upcoming events that you are welcome to register for. And if you click on those links um, and you just want to learn more instead of registering, there is an option to read through all the information available about that event. And, of course, if you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me as well. And my information is uh, M-L-A-B-U-T-T-E at M-U-C-C dot org. So M-L-A-B-U-T-E at mucc.org. And then my phone number and email are on the webpage if anyone is looking for that directly. And so you're welcome to reach out to me and I can point you in the right direction or provide more information as needed. Uh,
0: obviously you would like folks to sign up ahead of time, but what if what if my schedule opens up at the last minute? I didn't think I was going to be able to make it. No, I can. I can be there. Can I just show up?
1: Yeah, well, if you would like to do that, you can, but we always prefer a heads-up just to make sure, one, I have lunch for you, and two, I know to wait for you if we got to travel between project sites or you're running late or whatever's going on. So we definitely understand, you know, not everyone can plan two, three weeks out and say, yep, I'm going to be there, and plans change at the last minute. So if you do want to come, give me a call on my the number provided on the website or shoot me an email. I will see it, and I will respond to you, and I'll make sure that if you're able to come, that I'll have lunch for you, and I'll be expecting you. And if you can't come, even though you already registered, I cannot wait for you, which is also very appreciative when people do nah, that as well.
0: Sure. Michaela, obviously, you have a passion for this. What's your background? How did you end up where you're at today?
1: I was very lucky. So I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan on the the Garden Peninsula. And my first opportunity with conservation came with the U.S. Forest Service in Rapid River as a Youth Conservation Corps officer when I was in high school. And that experience just inspired me uh, the rest of my journey here. So I got a degree in conservation biology at Lake Superior State University in Sault Ste. Marie. And then I worked um, with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources Wildlife Division, their Parks and Recreation Division. And then I also interned back with wildlife with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife or Forest Service as well. And then I was fortunate enough to Uh, gain a position with MUCC right after graduation.
0: Is there anything else you want people to know about the uh, the on-the-ground program?
1: So um, if you're interested and you want to get outside and volunteer or maybe scout some new public land hunting opportunities or simply want to learn more about public land near you, uh, feel free to come out and try our events. We're always looking to grow the program um, and learn more, um, you know, about who wants to get involved with us and plus also we would like to share the word that if you are involved with a conservation club or a conservation organization who is looking to get some habitat work done on a piece of public land near you um, we are a great route to connect you to the michigan dnr or whoever you need uh, to reach out to to get some habitat work done on maybe land that you frequent and we are open to all kinds of partnerships to help get some habitat work done as well And so with any questions, please reach out to me. We've got a full schedule of events coming up for fiscal year 2022 as well. So always monitor the website because we're always adding new events, especially once we hit February.
0: Great advice and great information from Michaela Labute, the Habitat Volunteer Coordinator for MUCC, in charge of the On the Ground program. Michaela, enjoyed our conversation. Good luck to you and keep up the good work.
1: Thank you, Mike.
0: Uh, that is Michaela Labute, the Habitat Volunteer Coordinator for MUCC. She is in charge of OTG, On the Ground, a very cool project. And whenever she uses the word Rabitat, I'm all in. If you want to learn more about On the Ground or MUCC in general, check out the website, MUCC.org. That's MUCC.org. My name is Mike Avery, and thank you for joining me on this edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast.